Hi there. Welcome to The Woman Inspired Podcast. I'm really glad you joined me. My name is Karen and um, this is my podcast. I don't know if you've ever joined me before, uh, but if you haven't, welcome and welcome to those who continue to follow me and make comments, especially the good comments. I mean, the bad ones are okay, but um, I can tolerate it. (laughs) But I do appreciate you tuning in either way. And if you like this podcast, or even if you'd sort of like this podcast, if you would share it with someone else, they might end up loving it. I would really appreciate it. You can find me wherever it is you're listening to me now, along with uh, on just about any podcast uh, system there is from Apple to Google to YouTube to iHeart and Pandora and all of those in between. I'm also on KarenMcCracken.com or womaninspired.com and you can find me on Instagram at one woman inspired just search for that's the number one followed by woman inspired and again I'm really glad you joined me today's episode is titled mistaken identity so I start out every podcast with a pod quote and today's quote is by Leo Tolstoy he says what a strange illusion it is to suppose that beauty is goodness. I love that quote. And it really has a lot to do with what God put on my heart for this podcast. Um, so it kind of started with uh, uh, the other day, my mom telling me about something uh, that happened a few years back. When she was about 75 years old, my grandmother, who was around 98 at the time, um, needed a prescription. So mom went to the pharmacy to pick up the prescription for her. And when she got to the counter, the pharmacist went in the back to get the prescription. As he brought it back to the register, another woman got in line behind my mom. So as the pharmacist was ringing up the prescription, he asked my mom, birth date, please. Just kind of, you know, what's your birth date, please? As mom told him the birth date, which was November 18th, 1918, the woman behind my mom gasped. I mean, the pharmacist then asked my mom, and are you Georgia? And mom said, No, I'm her daughter. And the woman behind my mom started to laugh. She said, oh, shoot. I was getting ready to ask you what you eat every day and what your regimen is because, wow, you look great for being close to 100 years old. (laughs) So the woman was briefly mistaken about who my mom was. Yeah, my mom would love to say that the case of mistaken identity had more to do with her youthful looks at age of 75, but it was really just a misunderstanding. It was due to a lack of complete information. It was a lack of knowledge. My mom wasn't the 98 year old getting the the prescription. She was 75 years old picking it up for her mom. When my mom told me about that incident, it got me to thinking about how often miscommunication, judgment, bad decisions, and even anger is incited in people because of mistaken identity. I mean, what do I mean by that? I'm really glad you asked. And even if you didn't, I'm going to share it anyway. So I recall hearing about a man not long ago, and some of you may have heard this already and tuned into it. You may not have, but I'm sure in light of the world today, you can understand uh, there's probably many more situations like this that have happened. But this, this man not long ago, he came out of a store in the downtown area where he lived And he was there to pick up a repaired cell phone for his wife. In the brief half hour or so that he was in the store, a small mob had formed outside the store on the street because they were protesting over some current political upheaval. 
unaware that there was a huge issue going on outside just seeing people out there he didn't know what was going on the man came out of the store uh, to make his way across the street through the mob so that he could get to the parking structure where he was parked and as he made his way through the mob someone shouted there's the mayor there's the mayor and someone grabbed him it wasn't that long before there was a pile up and the man was ganged up on they were just surrounding him people were holding him while others screamed at him and threw bottles and rocks at him because they didn't agree with his policies and the decisions that he'd made he was screaming and screaming though i'm not the mayor i'm not the mayor but nobody was listening they ended up beating him almost to death literally finally the police were able to break it up and get the man some help but at that point it was too late he was beaten he was battered bleeding scarred scared i mean this man's life was forever changed because of mistaken identity people who were too enraged to think clearly or to feel or to listen or to even be compassionate and check the facts they didn't check the facts they were just too into themselves besides determined to beat someone apparently anyone and appease their political opinions with wretched violence they decided to stay ignorant they decided to believe what a couple of people yelled out in the heat of the moment and in the, in the excitement of what was going on and they made decisions off what someone else thought they saw rather than off what they found out for themselves this was a horrible case of sinful attitude but it was spurned on by mistaken identity doesn't that scenario scream at us everywhere now day in and day out through social media and mainstream news in our schools and our churches and our our small family networks and work gatherings people say it's the optics you know some people i hear that all the time it's all about the optics well i, I can see that in other words optics optical think about what you see what do you see how do you see it you may see that but i see this but i shouldn't be about nor should you be about. we none of it should be about how we see things through these very faulty fallible human eyes and human perspective right let's ask ourselves and each other how can we each see more clearly and differently from different angles and different aspects through different eyes than our own you know you hear about um, people saying well try to put yourself in someone else's shoes well they say that so that if you were standing in a different position maybe you would see the problem or the issue or the situation differently from a different point of view that's the optics and more importantly how can we see things through the eyes of christ which in reality are the eyes of truth the truth not my truth not your truth because when it comes down to it there is only one truth but if we refuse to try to see anything but what we see in front of us and are not open to it then we will never know what the real truth is truth is not flexible it's not malleable it's not something that can be morphed to fit your own narrative or your desire so there's not your truth my truth because two plus two is four it's not two plus two is four and a half because today that's the truth i choose and it is not that two plus two is seven because tomorrow you want it to be seven it's that two plus two is four if we mistake a lie for truth 
that is also a case of mistaken identity, right? Should we, could we, don't we want to seek truth at all costs so that we might not make anyone else a victim of mistaken identity? Because when we see only from one place, one perspective, our place, our perspective, then we make a whole lot of decisions, sometimes life-altering decisions out of a lack of truth. And that's without perspective, and it often causes a a case of mistaken identity and actually can alter the path of our lives or somebody else's completely. Have you ever looked at um, any of those pictures on social media that asks you, what do you see? At first, it looks like a beautiful bird flying. When you look more closely, though, and you tilt your head, you squint your eyes, and really take time to look, you see an evil face coming right out of the middle of the picture. You don't see that bird anymore. Or another one I saw one time was a picture of a beautiful mountain scene. But in reality, after looking more closely, it was actually a picture of an old man with really kind eyes smiling back at me. At first, you think it's one thing, but in reality, it's something totally different. You might see it one way, but it's meant to be something else altogether. I wondered as I was reading the Bible the other day, how many people took Jesus to be something or someone he wasn't because they refused to get all the facts. They refused to sit at his feet like Mary did or walk beside him like the disciples did or follow him or listen to him. What if Pontius Pilate sought the truth of who Jesus was more staunchly and fiercely rather than give in to pressure by the people who told him what their perspective was. Jesus was mistaken to be a blasphemer and arrested for crimes against the church. But in reality, he was the rock. He was the foundation of the church, the head of the body. You know, it's said in a lot of historic or history books that Pilate actually became a follower of Jesus, yet he didn't make it public that he was so intimidated by what was going on um, that he was reluctant, even though he was reluctant in the beginning to arrest Jesus and try him, he ended up doing it anyway out of pressure. But what if the Sanhedrin, the, the council of elders who wanted Jesus tried and executed, what if they'd had the facts and they sought out the truth instead of mistakenly identifying Jesus as the enemy? Now, I know, I know. Jesus was supposed to die on the cross for our sins. I understand that. It was prophesied. It's truth. It was a gift to us. It was a sacrifice made for us to save us. I hate the whole thing, though, because I love Jesus. But at the same time, I'm accepting of it because of his great sacrifice. I don't deserve it, but I accept it. And I love Jesus. But I also know that things happen in God's timing via his plan. Nonetheless, I still think about these things things on these cases of mistaken identity. I read a quote the other day that says, rough diamonds are often mistaken for worthless pebbles. And I think, is that how they saw Jesus? As a pebble who was just making waves as it was tossed in the pool of other religious icons of the day, rather than understanding that he was a diamond. He was the diamond. He was priceless. He was the rock. According to the dictionary, Merriam-Webster, Mistaken identity is simply defined as a situation in which someone or something is mistakenly thought to be someone or something else. And that's not, that doesn't only define how people saw Jesus back in his days of walking on this earth, but also how a lot of people see him today. They think Jesus 
was and is a condemning, preachy, or overreaching figure who was prejudiced and taught his followers to be the same way. Have you ever looked at, been looked at yourself differently, judged, called names, disrespected by someone who thought they knew who you were? They thought by looking at you that they knew just what you were about. They thought that, whatever that was, because they could label you as a Christian. So they had you pegged mistaken identity. They mistakenly thought you identified as someone who walked the earth and act holier than you are. But that's because they haven't taken the time to get to know who Christians are, or they haven't taken the time to get to know who you are and what you actually believe, how you live. They've made an assumption on your identity because they know not what a Christian truly is and who Jesus was and is today. And so I wonder how many of us identify ourselves as one thing, but are mistaken because we were actually made to be another. Do we also do like other people do sometimes and define or identify ourselves as one thing when we actually aren't that? How many of us have been told our whole lives or even at one point or another, and it so dramatically affected us that we are ugly we're fat, we're jealous, we're not good enough, we're stupid, we're not smart enough, we're lazy, we're not talented. And so we mistakenly have believed it. We took it in as a part of who we are, as if that was the truth, as if that is how we identify ourselves. Our identity is wrapped up in a pocket full of lies that other people have told us. And so without question, we've taken those words in and believed them. We've taken that description of ourselves and kind of wallpapered it over the truth of who we are. So much so that just only a very little bit of what God designed is showing through anymore. Does that describe you in any way or someone you know and love? Maybe we've taken on the identity the world's given us rather than who we really are. How many of us start something? feeling the desire and the calling to do it but never finish it because in our minds and hearts we hear the voices and see the faces of people who told us we were not able to do it that we would never accomplish it because we're too timid or they see us as too lazy or they see us as not smart enough and not talented enough and maybe worse yet how many of us have strived to live up to and recreate ourselves into the image of what we mistakenly think our identity should be because all of these other things that people say about us are true so we should try to be what the world says we should be according to what the world defines as good or oh, we should be sexier thinner wealthier stronger it's almost like an identity makeover I mean, it's like photoshopping our identities to make ourselves look better to the world at large. When in reality, who God made us to be, who God made you to be is far better than any image the world could lead you to act like. Who you are is determined by who God calls you to be, who he made you to be, who he is calling you to become. Not the world not what the world says you should be, not some perfect mom or a connoisseur of stylish clothing or this makeup wearing, fit, fab, socially appropriate, politically correct woman of the world who's submissive to the beck and call of, of all of the society's ideas of what and who you should be today. And believe me when I say who the world says you should be today will likely change by next week 
and next year and on and on instead of being the consistent child of God you were made to be standing on a solid foundation that doesn't shake and crumble when the world around us does. No, because the world wants you to morph and change with the ever-changing morals of the world, with what they say is important today, tomorrow, and the next day. The world will tell us that we are totally, that the world will really tell us that, that who we are totally depends on who we are willing to please and who we're willing to change for in order to be accepted, revered, or adored. And a lot of people fall into that. I see women do it constantly over and over. They're changing themselves from one day to another. Not because that's who they believe they really are. Not because that's their identity. But because they believe that's what the world says they should be to have value and worth. But who we are and who we identify as should only be based on who made us and on who we are in Christ. Not by who wants to own us, who wants to sell us stuff, who wants to define us, who wants to judge us, who wants to momentarily tell us we have some sort of value, but instead by whose we actually are, and that is Jesus's. You see, part of the the problem is that the world at large has a total case of illogical, unspiritual, self-guided definition of who and what people should be. And what do I mean by that? Well, let's look at the pod quote for today um, to help us with that. Leo Tolstoy said, What a strange illusion it is to suppose that beauty is goodness. And when I read that, I thought, Aha, there it is. There is the essence of truth. When society and the world at large looks at a person and judges him or her according to the attributes they find attractive in the moment and labels that person as good or bad, worthy or unworthy, merely because of those societal definitions of beauty and goodness, then that is where mistaken identity comes from, right? When we suppose that what is outside is all that matters, when we look at the fruit of a tree, let's say, okay, so if we look at the fruit of a tree um, and what it bears, or let's say we we don't look at the fruit of the tree, that makes more sense. When we, we look not at the fruit of a tree, but just how beautiful it is, and how ornate or leafy it is, not at the hardiness and the goodness of the tree and what purpose it might fulfill, but at how good it looks and how popular it is in the moment, then we have assumed that the physical beauty of it equals goodness. If we just say, oh, it's so beautiful, so it must be good. But there are some beautiful trees out there that are not that good. I have some beautiful trees along the edge of my property. And I wanted to dig them up because they they bloomed. They're just gorgeous in the spring. They're small right now. And I thought, hey, well, if I replant them in my front yard, then they'll look really nice when they bloom in the spring. I have no idea what kind they are. But they look similar to a cherry tree, but they don't get any fruit. They bear, don't, don't bear any fruit on them at all. So as we went to dig them up this past spring, we got really close and found out the hard way. <laughs> Oh, did we find out the hard way that they're filled with really sharp thorns. So many thorns that there was no way we could even handle them to transplant them. I mean, the thorns went right through our gloves. So some might have said that tree was the best, the most amazing, the good tree. I certainly thought it was because it was beautiful and I wanted to move it where I could admire it even more. There's two or three of them. And I thought, well, this will be great. But in reality, it wasn't great. It, it didn't bear fruit. And the older, not as pretty, large, hardy tree in my side yard that bears walnuts, 
is the better tree. It bears fruit, and one day it can be used to build something strong that will last for many years to come. So look, what I'm saying to you, my friends and podcast followers whom I appreciate so much, is that what I want you to understand is what God put on my heart. That the world is filled with accidental mistaken identity, but it is also filled with purposeful callous evil-hearted cases of mistaken identity and it is also filled with people who have no idea what their own identity is because they're listening to the world and what the world says about them and who they should be christians and non-christians alike fall into this trap what i want to say to you is that who you are is plain and simple no matter the circumstances under which you were born god knew it was going to happen You may seem like an accident to your parents, but you are not an accident to God. Psalm 139, 13 through 16 tells us that we were formed in the womb, that God took the time to knit us together. And if you've ever seen a picture of DNA, you know that DNA looks like someone literally took yarn and knitted something. And now this Bible was written long before before we knew what DNA actually looked like. You are not an oops. Or a mistake, no matter what anyone might have told you. First Corinthians 3 tells us that we are God's temple and his spirit is within us. And Ephesians 2.10 says we are his workmanship created for good works that God prepared us for already. So when you feel as if you have no purpose, dismiss that lie. Get rid of it out of your head right away. Don't let it seed and take seed into your heart. The Bible tells us plainly that each of us has a purpose As long as we have breath. And it is God who establishes us in Christ. And he has anointed us. He's put his seal on us. And given us his spirit in our hearts. As his guarantee. That's what it tells us in 2 Corinthians 1. And Psalm 139 says. You have searched me Lord. And you know me. You know when I sit and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going. And my lying down. And you are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is on my tongue, Lord, know it, you know it completely. You hem me in behind and before me, and you lay your hand upon me. Now, I'm asking you, do you think the God who took the time to create the heavens and the earth doesn't know you? The Bible says he does. Do you think that he doesn't know who you are? That he would waste a second of his omnipotence, his passion, his power and love on someone he doesn't know? And who doesn't matter to him. I don't. I don't think for one second. That the who the world says you are. And mistakenly identifies you as. Is truthful. And not nearly as important. As what God says you are. And who God says you are. So as you go through your week. I pray that you find time to ask God. In case you don't know. Who am I? And if you don't already know God. Just ask him. God. Whose am I? Am I yours? Reveal yourself to me and show me. Show me how to follow you. Show me what you want me to do and what you want me to know today so that maybe I won't mistake myself for someone or something other than who you made me to be. Thank you so much for joining me today. I appreciate you. And until next time, I hope you stay blessed and in prayer.